Hello, and welcome to Core Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, paid by for the Legend of the Five Rings community Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. I'm Kikita Kaori, and we're back after a really, really long break. But we came here to talk about today all the news that we have had since our break. And also to talk about Gaki Dope, because why not talk about Hungry Ghosts uh, right after Thanksgiving in the U.S. anyway? (laughs) (laughs) And this is part of our tour of the Celestial Realms. Please pass by the gift shop. Not that there are very many gift shops in Gakido, I don't think. I I don't think so, and I don't think you'd want to take home what you brought with you from there. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) So we're going to get on with some the news, which uh, is everything that's happened since we were last here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has been a very long time, because uh, the last we spoke was right before Gen Con, believe it or not. Hmm. Life hit hard, and it does that sometimes. So yeah. Our apologies. We will try and do a bit better over Christmas, but uh, that's just been really difficult for, for me recently, so I haven't yeah. been able to do my job. Sorry. <laughs> but we can talk about Gen Con now. <laughs> yes. Yes, because you actually went to Gen Con. Yes, I did. It was very good. Gen Con this year had... Actually, more L5R content in it than um, we, we've we seen outside of Gen Con for a long time. Um, mm. There were two separate modules being run by FFG. Uh, there was a bunch of Heroes of Rokugan. Uh, there was book signings, and there were uh, new... Uh, new material from the FFG booth that got demoed. Uh, unfortunately, uh, very little of that has actually seen the light of how can I put my money on it and spend my money on it. Mm. But uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happening in the future. Yes. So Maybe. our good friend, our good friend Kikita Animaru has a great review of his experience at Gen Con mm. that he did as a podcast associated with this uh, with court games a little while back. So we'll provide a link back to that in our show notes. But if you really want to know the details of all the new material and so on that was available at Gen Con, you can check that out if you haven't yet. Um, my experience with Gen Con was really good, but I spent all my time doing RPG modules just back to back as much as I could. Uh, so I went to the last writer uh, module, uh, and mm-hmm. that's for FFG 5e. And uh, I did Stormiel's Rest, which was the Adventures in Rokugan uh, free RPG day module. And also did Heroes of Rokugan a whole bunch as well. So I can give some little reviews on that. That sounds pretty packed. It, it it was. It was very packed. <laughs> I did do a nice uh, Avatar The Last Airbender module on Sunday with my family Yay! as well. Because oh, that, cool. that, that RPG is hilarious and fun and uh, definitely a good one to do with your family if you want to take a break from the heavy heaviness of you know complex questions of honor and so yeah. forth in, in L5R. Okay. So to begin with, um, what was your experience with The Lost Writer? How did that go? The Lost Writer, I really enjoyed the module a lot. It is set in the City of the Rich Frog, and it nests in and has a guest appearance by, you know, remove your, you know, Walk for 30 seconds here if you want a spoiler on it. Huh. Uh, remove the spoiler on it. Uh, it has a guest appearance by Daidoji Shin, who can help you Ooh. with your shenanigans if you find the right way to talk with him. Uh, yeah. The party is 
set either to go looking into some smuggling of gaijin items or searching for a lost writer, as the um, title suggests. And uh, Shin happens to be around, and uh, we yeah. had a very, very good time uh, with it. I uh, ended up uh, making a, a great, great sacrifice for the cause of duty and then having another party member say, nope, you're not going to make the heroic sacrifice and hit me over the head. But, you know, it <laughs> happens sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I personally think that for, for I think that counts for honor purposes, <laughs> in my opinion, even if you didn't actually get to do it because you were going to, then someone stops you. So I think it's fair, <laughs> I think. You know. But that, that's, that, that can be a really cool moment. Yeah. It was. It was just a little funny because uh, I was playing a courtier and he just and the other party member was a, a, a Bushi, and he just clocked me in one shot before I could <laughs> do the rogue thing. It was very funny. But uh, so so it was. I had a good time anyway. It was it was fun. It was a good group. Mm. Uh, City of the Rich Frog is a good environment uh, to to play in because you have all these different clans interacting. Yeah, yeah. I would I would love to see some actual material for for the rpg maybe uh, for the unicorn book i don't know hope springs yeah one one can only hope mm, it does um so that was the legend of the five rings fifth edition mm-hmm. module you did you also did an adventures rock again one with yes. the storm eels rest so how did that go storm eels rest was really good you are a bunch of interesting characters going out to, uh, in our case, check on a problem with a island uh, on an island with some monks on it. They're they're having a problem. Mm. The previous mission out there didn't come back, so you know you're going to check it out for all your various personal reasons. Because each character was really well defined. I really enjoyed the characters that they had set up for Stormiel's mm. Rest. Uh, I played a Asahina Shigenja for that, and I had uh, you know another character play their love interest Yojimbo, and so there was like yeah. interpersonal party stuff going on at least um, with it too. So I really appreciated that. There were lots of non-humans. It was specifically created that way. I have to say, I love the Adventures in Rokugan ritualist rules. Right. They worked so well and they were so flavorful because i only Mm. had like three spells four spells maybe yeah but um because you have this favor that you could use to yeah enhance the powers of your spells and you got free favor if you were set in different settings. So one of the spells the Asahina Shikinja has was a basically a, a move water spell, right? Not very yeah. impressive by itself, but mm-hmm. it can be if you pour enough favor into it, a, a, a tidal wave that really does some serious damage on people, right? If you yeah, are yeah, standing yeah. in water, you get free favor. So this means that that, right. wa- that spell's not very impressive, on land, you know, a little maybe a little mm. sploosh or something like that. But when you're standing yeah. in the water in the ocean, you're like making big waves that are knocking a bunch of people around and or bad guys around. Yeah, so yeah. It's so flavorful. And then uh, another spell that she had was Path of Inner Peace, which doesn't mm. do much healing of fatigue or anything. It, it doesn't do as well. But yeah, when you're on holy ground. In a shrine or right. something like that, it does much, but much better, and that's just nice. so flavorful for Rokugan. Let me get him to the shrine so I can heal him. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just very, very flavorful. So, I mean, I if there's a sixth edition, I would learn some lessons from that and bring that back into yeah, uh, yeah, five E for sure because it means that the Shigenja can be really powerful. When the Shigenja is supposed to be mm. powerful, right? Yes. And not, I, I've, I, yeah. Not all the time. So it gets that balance between Shigenja doing the Shigenja thing 
and letting the other party members shine. Like when you're not standing in water or not on holy ground or whatever you. Yeah, yeah. We we just we just got your spells, but right. you can set up the situation. See, I, I'd heard when because when because I've not had a chance to look at it or play it myself, but just hearing about the the ritualist and how it was working, that really did sound very very good to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm glad one of us has got a chance to actually play that and then like have opinions because mm-hmm. it does sound excellent because I think an issue with Legend of the Five Rings, the system, you know, the the various systems that have been used for it, is that the Shugenja class, the fluff says they're priests, but the mechanics have always said that they're wizards. Right. And they've always had a a problem with outclassing everybody else because of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but I I just from hearing the favor mechanics, I thought that sounds like they've finally caught something there. And I would love to see, yes, like exactly like you said, I would love to see that backported into the L5R system. Um, if anyone's interested in doing homebrew and happens to have both of them, both Adventures in Rock Gan and L5R 5E, I think that might be an interesting project for someone to do. How how might that work? I think it would be very hard to convince Shigenja players to yeah. adapt to this system. It it would take a complete rewrite of Shigenjas. And because it is a mm. decrease of Shigenja power, especially universal Shigenja power, as opposed to power in the setting for the spell. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, it would be a hard sell for Shigenja players to to use. But I liked it, and the Bushi were very strong um, and balanced mm. to it, in my opinion. They they did a good number on the, the opponents. There was, uh, you know, we got all the way through, we won. I never felt over... It, 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 in this fight, it felt overwhelmingly hard for the specific lengths of time that it was supposed to. If that makes sense, right, 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 and uh, yeah, and everybody felt very effective in our group. Now we did nice. not have we had a we had a person playing the um, pilgrim, mm-hmm. so that was cool, and we uh, the bushi were effective. I don't think we had anybody really playing a courtier. But I've played courtier right, right, before right. in um, in uh, Adventures in Rokugan, and I really liked the class too. Yeah. So I I just think they did a really good job of uh, Adventures in Rokugan in general, and I don't think um, you know I don't think you should ever mix it with regular D and D five e. But mm. uh, if you keep it to itself, it is very well done. So, so, so the final thing you did, L5R related anyway, uh-huh. before you did Avatar Last Airbender, uh, Heroes of Rock again. Yes. Because um, they've, they've been running for a long time. It's kind of a living campaign sort of mm-hmm. thing. It's been running forever. It has been running forever. And so this is, their, this is their first foray into fifth edition. Yes. And it is the, it? a brand new season for them as okay. well. So they mm. they um so heroes of Rokugan go in like five year seasons where they play right. a you know they play modules across a period of about five years in one storyline. So it's mm. uh, you are all playing the by storyline I mean these are the events happening in the empire starting off here and ending here, and then yeah. there's a time reset or character reset. Everybody has to make new characters, and we start all over again. And uh, mm. their their new season looks really good. Um, I I enjoyed being able to come in from the beginning. I definitely think that uh, that's the way to go. They actually started. They have two. You know, they have at least one. I think two conventions a year outside of Gen Con. That is just you know weekend right. weekend in Rokugan, uh, where they just do this. It's not necessarily associated with a a con. Yeah. 
So it had started beforehand, but they gave lots of opportunities to make up the uh, introductory games. So I was able to play okay. the intro scenario, which is a must for this this season. So if you get the opportunity to go to either one of their conventions, you can find it on their website, or um, go next year. In general, it's best to try and get in on these things as early as possible. So yeah, definitely, definitely recommend. An awful lot of people uh, in in it are playing Ronin. 5e apparently for for people who are trying to trying to power game through uh ronin offer some very nice uh perks because of this you know being able to do the low skills and not worry yeah. about honor because you will lose honor or glory on um if you unmask in heroes of rokugan it does have some slightly yeah. unique rules so that that is the other thing to be aware of they do do some rules to help keep game balance and help um, game masters kind of all be the same because a module might be run by five different game masters. So they want to make it yeah, repeatable. Yeah, yeah. But I had fun. I enjoyed my character. That's what we, like, what more can you ask? Yeah. I'm playing a uh, basically an undertaker. <laughs> I'm playing a, okay. a, an Asahina Shikinja who's supervising all the Burakuman who are burying all the dead people. Right, 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 right. All these battles and stuff. There's an awful lot of dead people that need taking care of. Someone's got to supervise that work. So that made me much happier to to do that instead of more complex politicking. It was fun. <laughs> mm. All right. Really and you have been reading books. I've been reading books. Um, I got the chance to read Soul of Yuchiban, which is now out and available uh, my this is a follow-on to heart of youtuban and is essentially a this is kind of the these two books seem to be a lead-in to the tomb of youtuban module adventure set thing <laughs> uh, for adventures in rock again and so this is continuing the adventures of the the people who went into the the tomb in heart of Uchiban and essentially the fallout and the continuing machinations and scheming of Uchiban himself. And there are some interesting revelations about who and what and how. Mm -hmm. And I like the characters. I liked the the story. I like the you know the the way it was all set out. It is set in some like it's set in a specific time period and I cannot remember the number of the Hante Emperor because my memory is terrible. Uh, so it's conveniently all in the past. So it's, it, this is stuff that that happened in the past, mm -hmm. but that still it still gives you a flavor of you know who Yuichiban is and why it's a bad idea if he might want to stick his nose into uh, Rokugan's kind of society again i really liked it i re i recommend it if you liked heart of Uchiban, soul of Uchiban is more of that and it, it does come to a, a really nice satisfying conclusion yeah i was able to it it is currently out so, and i was able to pick up a copy at gen con too mm. um it is uh i would say it should have been combined with heart of Uchiban. um they are much better they are one story, yeah. Than they were, yeah. Than Heart yeah. of Ichiban was by itself. Uh, so definitely, definitely. So it's it's better as a pair. I think it it would have been kind of good if they were able to come out as one book. But I'm happy to pay for both books and you know make sure you read them one after the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Heart was very clearly not the end of the story right it was kind of leaving on a cliffhanger and uh what happens next and i actually i had thought that it was going to be part of a trilogy mm -hmm. but i think essentially tomb of Uchiban is the third part mm -hmm. but you get to play that is is the, is i think what they're aiming for well so have you read tomb of Uchiban yet i have not okay. and probably won't okay Unless it just happens to fall in my lap now, because uh, but yeah, I'm I'm just not in a situation where I, I would get that. No, it's so. okay. I I 
I went ahead and got Tomb of Ichiban uh, and have read it. Mm-hmm. It is so it is Adventures of Rokugan source book adventure module, but it also has the Bloodspeaker class as a class in right. it, a player a player character class in it. It is not a sequel to Soul of Ichiban. It is high. Mm. You can't basically you start feeling reasons <laughs> that eventually make yeah. you want to go find the tomb of Ichiban and go in it. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty right. much the setup. Okay. In terms of tomb of Ichiban, now I haven't played it. I just I just read through it. Mm. I did. Yeah. Like it. Um, but this is personal taste. It is very much, mm. it feels to me very much targeted to the kind of people who would like to play a blood speaker. Right. Or okay. would, you know, it, it gives, it's very light on possible heroic reasons might, why you might want to go into the Tomb of Ichiban. It has some, oh. but. You know, you okay. might want to go in there to retrieve your family sword or something that's more heroic, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, it's targeted towards hi. You want unlimited power, <laughs> and uh, you know, to to that's, find <laughs> that's a very interesting take. Uh, you know, here's that's here's where you a go. very interesting take. I've, I've I I wasn't aware. Like, I don't know of, of very many. Certainly not D and D style modules. That have that it's like you are. We are kind of assuming you're playing terrible people. Hmm. I think okay. that they were trying to go for you can play this as being heroic or terrible, but because hmm. the terrible is so, um, you know, because they have a blood speaker class in there, and they you know say how hmm. you should interact if it's if you're terrible. You know, there there's. Yeah. There's enough there for if you are terrible that it feels like the whole module is, hi, come here if you're terrible and you want to, you know, follow yeah. the footsteps of Ichiban and, you know, dig the dead guy out. And, oh, here's this horrible thing that you can take with you because that's awesome to unleash upon the Empire. And, <laughs> and so on. <laughs> and so on. So it was wow. not to my taste because I don't want to be, uh, I, I I don't want to play that way. You can say I don't want to play the hard decisions. Hard decisions is one thing. It's actively playing evil people is never that's never been my thing. Right. But I, I get it that some, I, yeah, I, I do wonder if if there's a certain amount of it's Adventures in Rock Game, which is basically Dungeons and Dragons. Here's a dungeon. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't. Do we need motivation beyond that? You know, for 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 most heroic people, oh, it's a dungeon. There you go, brilliant. Uh, but you may need to kind of. Well, okay, if you are blood speaker. Yeah, it does have a little bit of preview information, like a, a, a small adventure that kind of goes behind, right. before the adventure that's not in the dungeon. But most dungeons do have that too, though. So. Oh, okay. And let's face it, it's the Tomb of Ichiban, so there's a good chance if you are a very yeah. heroic character and you mean it, you will be dead. <laughs> because yeah. that's mm. how Tomb of Ichiban often works. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities yeah. to sacrifice yourself yeah. for the party. <laughs> but anyway, not, not necessarily to my taste, but definitely to other people's taste, because I know that like Sebastian yeah. or Seabass, who is our our host for the Discord, would love that kind of game. So, if it's your mm. if it's to your taste, enjoy. Uh yeah. And uh, sounds cool. You read Market of a Hundred Fortunes. Did you get the sneak preview on that? I got the sneak preview. One of the one of the lovely advantages of having a podcast <laughs> is the case you get sneak previews. Market of a Hundred Fortunes is the third and sadly last. Of the kind of semi, well, it it is a series of you know, one hundred things. They even call it out in the book, which is hilarious. <laughs> so basically, we're continuing on from Game of Hundred Candles, where so Asako Seken and Agasha no Isao Ryotara are now kind of they've gone through that, and you know, and in fact, they're still dealing with repercussions from the first book. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Night Parade of 100 Demons. And they're kind of, okay, now, now we know how everything's set, everything settled down. We now, we now know what's going on. We're heading off uh, back into Draglands to actually live our lives. Uh, when all of a sudden, a note from their old ally, ally sort of in quotes, I have to say, their old ally Sayashi, the Bake Neko, or spirit demon cat, um, they get a note from her. And this leads them on a bit of a detour down into Cranelands and an ancient market where interesting things are going on. And um, they they're, and they're suddenly they're thrust into a whole new supernatural mystery, <laughs> which is uh, clearly just what they're fated to do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is absolutely lovely. Um, it's a fantastic book. The characters are fantastic. They latch on in order to get to where they're going. They kind of hitch a lift essentially with a scorpion emerald magistrate who is delightful. <laughs> she is amazing. She's one of the best characters. And I would almost say this book is like if you really want a very, very silly overviews, help, help. I'm trapped in a Ghibli movie. <laughs> Sounds wild. It, it, like, like seriously, it is. It is lovely and great fun. There are great characters, and it, the, the way it all, the, the way everything that has been, kind of, wo- it's all woven together from the stuff from the first two books, and it all ends up, be- all it all ends up mattering and being important. And I, I thought it was really lovely. It's un- it, it is unfortunate that just due to the economics of it all. Uh, Mary Brennan is very unlikely to be writing anymore mm-hmm. just due to the way it all works out with publishing. But we we have these books. They're amazing. I I thoroughly recommend the whole of that series. So Night Parade of 100 Demons, Game of 100 Candles, and Market of 100 Fortunes. They are my favorite of the new books that have come out. We we have been blessed with some amazing Legend of the Five Rings books yes. in this new, re, you know, in, in since it went over to FFG. Seriously, they've they've they're just amazing, and I love them. And uh, it's out. Global ebook is February the sixth, and that is also when the US paperback is on sale. So I absolutely recommend rushing out. Um, and getting it as soon as, and the UK paperback is April twenty fifth. Wait a little longer. So that's all twenty twenty four. We have been blessed with some really great uh, books. We've also been blessed with a uh, a beautiful hardcover uh, book called Rokugan: Art of Legend of the Five Rings. That was available yeah. at Gen Con. I was able to snag a copy then, but it's coming in on sale in the UK December seventh. Uh, it's already on uh, sale in the uh, yeah. in the US. Now it is it's just lovely straight up the best art from the card game. Mm. So it's a coffee table book. Very pretty pictures. So, you know, you can you can pick that up if you want. Mm. I mean the yeah, Elfava has been just awash with great art in the card game and in the the you know the RPG books and all sorts, and having it all in one place, it just—I've only been able to see the, like previews, but it looks gorgeous. It's pretty good. And then I believe that there's a, a fine art print of a map of Rokugan that has been put out and is available for people to to purchase too. So you, you know, you can convince people to put that in your stocking mm. if you like. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think anyone is listening to this podcast. I rather suspect you all know how beautiful the maps have been for Legend of the Five Rings, 5th mm-hmm. edition. So, yeah, who wouldn't want a great big, huge one for their wall? <laughs> anyway. And I think we've got links to all of this stuff. Uh, in our show notes. In our show notes. Or we will. <laughs> <laughs> we will by the time we put yeah. this out. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so that's all. That's all our news. I'm not saying it's all 
all the possible news. It's all the news that I know, know and no. can remember at this time. So uh, we don't have any updates, unfortunately, on the Unicorn book, which is the one that's coming out next. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, mm. Onimaru has more of the stuff that was available from Gen Con to talk about that. But yeah. if we keep talking about that, we'll never be able to talk about Gakido. And who doesn't want to talk about Gakido, the realm of hungry ghosts? <laughs> So let's do <laughs> let's do that. Right. <laughs> so this is, as uh, Kuvar said earlier, uh, a continuation of our Celestial Realm series. The realm of Gakido and the realm of Toshigoku are kind of mirror realms of the other. We're going to talk about Gakido today. That is the realm of the hungry dead. These two realms are realms of punishment. Um, they are kind of created for mm. souls that weren't evil enough to be reborn into the most extreme punishment or hell or jikoku in L5R. But they have done great misdeeds mm. or followed dark desires in life that cause them to not be ready to be reborn as a human in their next life. Because being a human is considered pretty yep. good on the whole celestial hierarchy scale. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's bad, not permanent. Uh, you work out your karma there for a very, very long time, and you get it out of your system, and then you get to yeah. be reborn into another high life, generally a human life, where you get to have another go at trying to do this humaning thing until you do better. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what what these realms of punishment are. Um, and... Uh, you can find the equivalent in uh, Tibetan and Japanese Buddhism for at least Gakido. So we can talk about mm. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's actually based off Buddhism. Uh, it's Preta in Sanskrit, which is the original language of, of Buddhism. Gaki in Japan. These are the spirits of there who have... Too much desire, you know, gluttony, avarice, selfishness in their hearts when they die, um, as defined by you know, specific varieties of Buddhism, uh, such as Tibetan Buddhism. It's not, yeah, and and as was stated, they've not done so much evil that they will be sent to a hell for punishment, but they've also not earned a higher incarnation. I think it's also that it's it's. It's the specific thing that they've got desire in their heart, and that's what drives them, even if they didn't do evil as such, it's still that's what's yes. weighing them down. Uh, so as you know, they, they can reincarnate as a human once they've worked through all this and, and had their time um, as a gucky. So they reside in the realm of hungry dead. That's where they reside. Um, although they often seem to be able to escape and they are able to return to the living world and like they're still generally seeking out whatever they are hungering for until they're driven away again. So, I mean, in a sense, that's kind of why, you know, we have Gaki, Gakido, well, it's, it's of interest. If they all just spent all their time in Gakido, nicely, set, nicely secluded away from us, <laughs> would we have even heard of them? But no, it's because they 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 somehow are able to menace us uh, in the well in the Legend of the Five Rings mm -hmm. re real world, Nigendo. So you get things the things that might lead one to become a gaki are like greed, being driven by desires for wealth or power, also things like lust or gluttony, being miserly. You know, I you're not giving. I'm not letting anyone have any of my money. It's all mine. And, and so not being generous to guests or those who ask for help. So those are all things that can, if you let that rule your life, you can end up <laughs> in Gakido as a Gaki. And uh, the living can choose to burn offerings, so fake money or other gifts, in order to feed souls, either to either a su substance, either as sustenance for their journey, 
because we've talked about the journey of the dead as they go through Mado and all that, all that. So sometimes that it, that is what it's for, but it's also sometimes done to appease them so they don't suffer too much from hunger or other desires, because the worry is that. The, that spirit may become a gaki if it is not appeased properly on its journey through the underworld. So we kind of talked about how humans become gaki. What what are they becoming? You know, these they're as their punishment. Yeah, these humans become a spirit who is endlessly craving something, and it's usually something really unpleasant or ugly. So it could be toenails or hair yeah. it could be uh you know yeah bodily fluids of different kinds it could be uh rotten food mm. it, you know the the idea is it's a punishment you're not craving the same thing you craved in life you're craving something else horrible but you're tr the whole point is to try and get you past yes. craving Right, trying to get the spirit past craving. Um, yeah. In books in Japan and uh, China associated with Buddhism, these they're drawn as or depicted as beings with teeny tiny mouths, often a needle mouth, and big, huge, yeah. bloated stomachs, or they look like starving and wasted humans with you know disheveled hair and you know long claw-like fingers so so those are how they would look in l5r you see more of the starving and wasted human kind of appearance um yeah yeah said uh humans sent to gakido well we've already talked about that so so that's what they are and they are going to not in general yeah. be they are more reasoning than some other kinds of spirits oftentimes because they will wheedle yes. and they will plead and they will beg and they will do anything to get the thing that they want. Some spirits are just incoherent rage. That's more on the other side of the spectrum. Gakito mm. spirits are more intelligent, but endlessly driven. They cannot not be selfish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gakido itself is described by uh, the Tibetan teacher Chiyoki Drakpa as a, a grim place of rocks and charred tree stumps where the words food, drink, or comfort have never been heard. The bodies of the Preta do not find anything to eat or drink for months and years on end, emaciated like skeletons and lacking the strength even to stand. So that's how... Gakido is described in the real world, and that's kind of it's not exactly the same as it is in in l five r though mm. yeah, so the the version of Gakido in those of the five rings is described more as ramshackle buildings, a vast sprawling slum of a city with stinking air and gaki that's they're toiling mindlessly in jobs uh, like they're held in life, or they might be rummaging for any kind of scrap of anything they might be able to find. It's uh, endlessly boring and endlessly, you know, they're endlessly hungry. So, uh, unsurprisingly, some ghosts are kind of driven mad by the tedium. The Gaki could, in theory, escape fairly easily, but they would have to put aside their desire. And they're often too ravenous to even think to do so, which is uh, the which is the what we've been discussing already. That's what they need to do in order to progress. The problem is, can they? Can the individual put aside their greed and desire? So, Gakito is ruled by Mazoku, who are the kind of red and blue ogre-like beings that are Mo's assistants in the afterlife. Uh, the Mazoku. Mm primarily work to prevent them from leaving um some human souls yeah turn into gaki before they can even be judged by mo if that desire is so strong at the point of death they can't even they aren't even died and at that point they're they they never get to mado they 
they wander back into Ningido and haunt the living that way. So they didn't even escape from from Gakido after having gotten there. They just never made it there. Gakido is really, really overcrowded, and it borders on Ningido. Uh, so the Mazoku live in these really tall buildings. They oversee the slums. The ghostly blocks of the city fade into graveyards and dark and scary places that kind of mirror them in the world of the living. The highest of the Mazoku is the Hungry Governor. The Hungry Governor is a female Mazoku who hunts down Gaki who have actually managed to escape the um, the uh, confines of Gakido. And uh, sometimes we'll ask the living for their aid in finding one. Yeah, that, uh, that you just imagine that happening to uh, a standard, you, you stand a player character, there's something, this enormous kind of demon looking woman <laughs> saying, right, I've got a job for you. What? <laughs> Who are you and why are you in my room? I think that, that I, think I, that, I yeah, really like that. Or worse, a, a fun... it happens to a local noodle shop owner. And now the noodle shop owner is going to the player character going, I have no idea what to do, but the hungry governor is going to eat me if I don't do this. Can you help? Yes. I like that. And you get the cute sidekick as well. Plot plot hooks. There you go. Yeah. And an interesting twist to Gakido, which might not be particularly obvious, is that you may find Daikoku, the fortune of wealth, in Gakido. Daikoku maintains a an estate in there where he essentially gives sustenance to the starving and shows them mercy, essentially offering an example of the kind of charity that they should have shown when they were alive. This kind of this can cause conflicts with MAO because that might be seen as diluting their punishment somewhat but i'm sure daikoku would argue that some hearts do get turned because they realize by receiving charity how important charity is and how important giving is and that that is something that they should have done in their previous life and something they should do in their next life which may help them get closer to escaping and getting reincarnated as something better. Now, we've talked in our previous celestial realms about this idea of a, a jealousy, which is kind of the influence that uh, a realm has on a person who is not from that realm uh, to, uh, yeah. to start making them um, more like that realm, you know, bring it into, into being with that realm. So the jealousy is hunger. Uh, yeah. The longer people who are trapped there remained, you know, so if you were PCs for some reason end up in Gakido without a lot of protection, the more, you know, it'll start out with them feeling mm. hungry and then more hungry and then really turning it into desire or hunger beyond all else. And obviously if you fall yeah. into blind desire you could be trapped there forever just like you could potentially be trapped in any other realm so it, it's a very unpleasant one <laughs> yeah no that would not be good um so obviously you're immediately thinking this sounds like a great place <laughs> how do i get agency. there maybe you're not doing that <laughs> yeah gakido visit the realm of absolute awfulness now, the obvious way of getting to Gakido is being is to die with greed in your heart and being sent there by Emma-O or possibly becoming a Gaki on your way to Meido. Um, not recommended. Or you then could you're be sent there by Emma-O for some other reason. Like you ran into Emma-O in your tour of Meido. Yes. Uh, visiting some other celestial realms and Emma-O said, I need you to fetch me something yeah. from Gakido. So that works too. <laughs> yeah. If you, for some reason, have to get there yourself, because maybe, again, you need to rescue something from Gakido or, or something such, 
there are places where the barrier between worlds is a bit thin. So places where many of the hungry dead have been entombed or some kind of site of great desire that leads to a great vice. Um, for an example, a monastery where the monks grew lazy and gluttonous and ended up with the, the, the local people, the peasants rebelling and the temple, you know, gets attacked and burned down. That site might become an entrance to Gakido. So you probably wouldn't volunteer to go there, but you can stumble upon it. This as I said they're right next to each other. It's right next to Ningendo, mm. and so if you were at like this site of yeah. a terrible, terrible place like this unholy monastery, for example, uh, where there were many of the hungry dead, yeah nearby or had had died there that could be enough to make it so that you could stumble onto gakido however you have a serious problem if you do that so get get out as quickly as possible yeah it's a lot harder to stumble on than say chukshido but uh, yeah. you you could potentially stumble on it mm. in that fashion uh more likely you'd pass through it briefly so you'd be walking along yeah. and then you'd go through a little bit of it and then come out the other side yeah and you could always be taken there involuntarily by a mazoku we we talked about we'll talk about some of that in adventure hooks a powerful shugenja could send you there either because you need to go or because they're a terrible person and they're trying to get rid of you and possibly a gaki could drag you there Maybe even if they're, the the gaki is being banished, and they kind of get their hooks into you and drag you with them, that might be another way you get. But in any event, you don't want to stay there. That's definite. You do not want to stay in Gakido a minute longer than necessary. No, uh, it's not a good not good place to no. be. You can get out a couple of ways though. You could wander out a similar way you went in. Like if you went through a very brief period of like a little tiny tendril yeah. of Gakido, you just walk in and walk out potentially. Um, or you can intentionally seek yeah. getting out. Now, if you are trying to get out, as we said, the lines are thin. You go to the, mm. you know, through, through the edges of Gakido, you could come out, but you would have to put yourself, put desire behind you. So if this is a PC, I would say this requires yes. a lot of meditation checks and uh, maybe potentially uh, sacrificing yeah. that sort of thing. equipment, you know, things, things like that, sacrificing things that were important to you yeah. among your earthly properties in order to, in order to get out. Um, yeah. It might be one of the things that's easy to do if you've not spent much time there because the jealousy right. of Gakido hasn't had time to so work on you. So the longer you are there, the harder the harder but, uh, it gets. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, just just ideas. If ever you're trapped in Gakido, you know, try try going to the edge as far as you can, and and think, uh, you know, take everything off and you know just focus on your your inner peace, but. Don't go there in the first place. It's better. Uh, you could yeah, also potentially to appeal to uh, Daikoku. No. Uh, the Fortune of Mercy may have ways to be able to get you out. So if you go find his estate and uh, you know explain to him the situation, he, mm. he would be able to uh, help you get out. So Yeah. Yeah. Might he, and you never know, he might need you to do something for him, which neatly <laughs> drags us into adventure hooks. That's okay. That wasn't very neat. I don't care. We're going to, going into adventure hooks, uh, because it's all very well to, to talk about these places, but you know, what are you going to do? Are you, how are you going to use that in your game? So we always, we already talked about one before, which is the hungry governor appearing to the party, maybe as a ghost or as a dream or any, a number of things. 
asking for help to corral a hungry gucky who has escaped Ningendo and is in the area. Possibly one of them is carrying something that the gucky craves. And that's why the why the hungry governors picked this group in particular. Um, so, and that's also how you can tailor it to a group because you can decide if one of them is particularly wealthy. Maybe it's someone who's got you got a a gucky who's after wealth. If someone keeps going on about their lovely lustrous hair as a character trait, like a <laughs> a daidoji with their lovely white hair then a gaki who hungers for hair might be an interesting definitely for them or if someone uh isn't scrupulous about their cleansing rite ceremonies you know gaki that hungers for for blood might seek yeah, them out yeah. to follow their uh gruesome trail to consume what they leave you know that you know, things like that uh, yeah. Let's see another possible gaki-related adventure for your PCs to go on. Uh, the Burakuman preparing corpses mm. in a village find that the fingers and toes, or toes, of the bodies that they seek to bury are missing. They are seeking out local magistrates. Uh, they they tell the local magistrates, but the local magistrate turns away in disgust and does not listen because they think that body parts fall off all the time and are not interested in talking to Burakuman about body parts missing from bodies because that's gross. Mm. You know, that's definitely not a samurai thing to talk about. Uh, so in, that's in one village. And then in the next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah beggars who are caught out at night in the cold begin showing up complaining about losing fingers and toes and uh when that happens maybe the party maybe the doctors in the you know people who are healers in the area or so on you know think it's frostbite but who needs a natural explanation for these things when you can have gaki uh, so when you get to the city proper then maybe yeah. some of the lower cased in the city, that might be Geisha again reporting waking up with fingers or toes missing. And that suddenly has all of the uh, samurai wondering what kind of inhuman monster could do something like to that to them. And, and what would they use them for? So you could start at any place along this chain. But of course, what it is, is a gaki who has a hunger for fingers and toes and are escalating as they get closer and closer to a city and getting stronger and stronger. So you could either have the PCs follow them from the village to the city or start at the city and have to follow them back to the village to see where it began and figure out what gaki this was and how to, how to solve the problem. Yeah. I, another possible adventure is that one of the PCs has expressed a desire for a certain object or a certain experience, such that they've put their searching for that object above their duties as a samurai. So this sounds very much like their ninja is related to this in some way. So one day when they, they meet a monk who tells them, oh, here is a place where you can find what you seek. It's in this long abandoned graveyard deep in the forest. Possibly they don't state right immediately where it is, because that might be a bit of a clue. But they said, you know, you need to follow this path. You go here, you go here, and there you will find what you seek. Unfortunately, as they enter the graveyard, as they travel deeper and deeper and deeper, searching for this object or, or the experience or what they're looking for, they find that this is a gateway to Gakido. This monk could either be a terrible person who just went, how can I make this person's life difficult? I know, I'll trick them to go to Gakido. Or they might be someone who realizes that this character is beginning to become obsessed by desire and is thus trying to warn them before it's too late. In either respect, the player character now has to consider can they free themselves of their desire that's really cool and thus find their way home i've got one more potential adventure hook for you yeah I like so that. we'll do this 
a special kind of jade or some other mystic substance is yeah. desperately needed for the survival of a clan or the city or the empire mm. uh, in some fashion when it's faced with a threat that only this special substance can defeat. There are many, many written records of it, but yeah. there's no more of this stuff, whatever it might be, anywhere in the empire, and there has not been for centuries. The greatest expert of that substance, whose readings the PCs have been studying all along to, to learn how to solve this terrible threat, believed he knew of a stash of where it could be found, but he died. He uh, destroyed his own life in his desire for this particular mystic substance. Uh, in his writings, he claimed to know of that stash that could be he could potentially reach of the stuff, but he died before he could get to it. So now, in their great hour of need, the PCs must find him to and travel to the realm where his spirit lies and see if they can convince him to give him give them the secret to finding them. But then they'd have it, not him. He is a gaki now, and he he hungers. So how do you negotiate? with this scholar to give up his secret when all he does is hunger. Uh, so, so that's another kind of reason for a adventuring party to do it. So a couple of adventure hooks. Um, so hopefully you never have to yeah. go to Gakido. <laughs> that should be good for, for getting on with the end. Yes. Yes, and um, if you ever do, I hope your journey is very, very brief. That is it for this week. We will have another talk about the realm of Toshigoku on a different time. But uh, we wanted to give a shout out to some alternate uh, podcasts. We have Last Province has done a couple episodes, I think two in the meantime. And of course, Onimaru's mm -hmm. uh, podcast as well on on Gen Con is out there, so you know you can take those in and enjoy those and the other great L five R material out there. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, we should give a call out to Fortune Strife, which is our affiliated actual play podcast. And seeing as you're on it, why don't you tell us what's happening? We are about to go into a very large battle uh, with the forces of the uh, Caliph of the Burning Sands, we are, who are hunting us down for killing his his favorite. Uh, we've kind of it, it's been it's been a while coming, but we are doing the slow slow deed up to the battle to uh, try and escape mm. and get back to Rokugan and warn them that there's a giant army potentially on on its way. So that's what we're up to, if we don't die. Yeah. And so you should go and check that out. But you should also check out our friends at T20 Radio, which is a huge collection of RPG-related podcasts. So anything you would, you'd be interested in RPG terms, you'll find on T20 Radio. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon. Uh, that supports some of our editing costs for, for our podcasts, and it supports our websites where you can see and store our longer-term information and keep some of the tools active that we use on the Discord. Um, so if you find it in your heart, you don't have to, yep. but if you find it in your heart to throw throw a dollar or two our way, uh, that's it's it's all going to uh, straight editing costs and uh, software licensing. It's not going to any of us. We're just yep. doing this out of love. But we still have to pay to keep those things up no so um but you can find us find us there yeah so online you can find us at our website which is courtgamespod.com on twitter we are twitter.com or x.com i suppose these days but twitter.com slash courtgamespod and if you do want to support what we do you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash courtgames but that is it for us this week this is Kikita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I have been Korla. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy.